morning to you. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's a beautiful day to start the day reading the word together. I'm glad to be with you. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the attitude of faith. What kind of attitude does faith bring to your life? This is going to be a powerful discussion today. I'm excited to get into it with you. If you have a Bible, open it up into the New Testament. I've got a few scriptures for you, and then we're going to be discussing these six points right here at 6 a.m., but I'm excited to be with you. This is a powerful, powerful teaching in the times that we live in. I want to tell you something before we get into point number one. In the times that we live in, it's important to keep on the attitude of faith. Now, that comes with some work. It comes with some effort from our parts. I'll talk to you some about a little bit about that today. But the, the methodology that God has put into place for us to receive faith, just reading his word, hearing his word, is one of the easiest concepts to understand. But it's sometimes lost in translation with how many people teach and impart different ways to feel and think and talk. I think the best example to take, <clears throat> excuse me, from the word of God is to look at uh, veterans, like if you could say that, veterans from the word in faith, people who have walked in faith and had major success with God and what their life looked like, what their attitudes were. In fact, I have a series, if you haven't watched it, um, back on my YouTube channel, you can watch on either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can listen to it. Or if you want to watch the series, I go through every person discussed from the Old Testament into the New Testament in Hebrews 11, what we call the Hall of Faith. And it goes through each one of these people's life and what they encountered and how they believed God. And it's a powerful series if you want to go back and listen to it. But today, I want to I want to kind of settle the mind of what is the attitude of faith? What does it look like when I'm truly in faith? Have you ever had that question? Am I in faith for this thing? Am I believing God? Am I in a true place of hope and belief? You know, not a wishing state, but a, a state of hope and confidence that I see the potential of what's going to happen. I see at the end that God's going to bring this thing to pass. Am I truly in that place or am I just in a place of, of wishing where I, I hope it happens, but I don't really see the potential of it, which is a false hope? Or are you in true faith? We're going to talk about that today. It's going to be powerful. So point number one, as we get into this, point number one is defining faith. What is faith? This is an important point. What is faith? And we're going to define it by the word of God. We're not going to go you know, into other people's teachings and what they've taught and how they've explained it, though there are some very good ones and solid ones. But I want to use strictly the word of God so that we can take my and your opinion out of the mix. What is faith? How do we define faith? What does the Bible say that faith is to, to understand that we have to turn to Hebrews 11, turn with me there. And this is one of the greatest new Testament scriptures on faith. And I say new Testament because people had faith in the old Testament. It wasn't just a new Testament thing, or it wasn't just a thing that happened or occurred for people after the work of Jesus. We see that even Abraham, we won't read about him today. But we read about Abraham in the book of Genesis. We find that Abraham had such faith in God, such confidence in God, that God rewarded Abraham's faith and accounted it to him, not as a reward, but accounted his faith in belief in God as righteousness. Powerful. The fact that he could believe and trust God at such a level that God attributed that back to him as righteousness, or in other words, right standing before him. Powerful. You can outweigh the, the, the things that have gone wrong in your life by simply trusting in God. 
Powerful, powerful, powerful. Uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, let's turn there. And this defines what faith is. I've got two points underneath, like sub points that kind of define this. Um, but I want to read this out of the, I'm going to read this out of the King James and I'm, or the new King James. And I'm going to reference some of the context out of the amplified. Uh, actually, I could probably read it out of the amplified. Um, I've got it right here. Let's just read it out of the amplified Hebrews 11, one, just take me one second to get there, but Hebrews and 11, this is a really good, um, definition through the new Testament of how faith, what faith really is defined. And uh, it'll be good for you to see this. Hebrews 11 and 1. says, Now faith is the assurance or the title deed and confirmation of things hoped for, for divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So I wrote down here, faith defined is assurance, confirmation, gives you the title deed of something. It is proof of things that we can't see. So think about this for a second. When you have a title deed of something, you may not uh, physically, you, you own it, it's yours, you have the title deed, but it may not be physically with you. That title deed isn't the item itself. The item is the substance of itself. Easiest example is a vehicle. If you have the title deed of the vehicle, that's an item. Then you have the vehicle itself. That's an item. But the title deed of the vehicle says that it belongs to you. So when you have faith in something from God doing it for you, you have the expectancy or the permission to know that it belongs to you before you possess it. Because you could pay for the vehicle before you take possession of the vehicle. If you ever pay for a vehicle in cash, you could t they, they will give you that title deed, possession of it, or the DMV will, and you can literally own and possess that vehicle and not physically have it. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's yours. So this is what faith does for us, is it is an expectation of something that we believe from God. We believe God has, will, and is going to do it. And it belongs to you. You just don't physically touch it. You're not physically touching it yet, but you have the title deed. You have the assurance that it's coming. You have the confirmation. Those things in and of itself give you hope, give you the opportunity to see past what you presently see. My pastor defines hope as the ability to see beyond, the ability to see beyond the, what's presently in front of you. That's what faith does. Faith gives you an, uh, gives you vision or you know not like natural vision but it gives you the ability to see past what's standing in front of you to the actual thing point number two point number two faith will hold the place of something you don't have until you have it faith will hold the place of something you don't have until you have it and there's something that comes with this type of faith there's something that comes along with having faith that shows you you have it before you have it, that gives you the idea, that gives you the feeling, that gives you the sensation. Yeah, I'm talking about the natural five senses. I'm tired of people feeling like, I'm tired of myself feeling like I can't act like I really truly have something until I actually have it because, well, I don't want to get my senses involved in it. It's a spiritual thing. No, spiritual is the beginning of the natural. 
When, when things happen in the spiritual, things begin to happen in the natural. You can't stop the flow of the spirit into the natural. It's going to happen, negative and positive. There's an enemy in the spiritual world realm as well. And that enemy will try to work into the natural realm, just like the spiritual side on God's side, he will try to work into it. And whatever you give room to, remember that old, I I don't want to butcher the poem, but Dr. Mark Barclay used to quote, he would quote something to us that there's two wolves inside of you, whichever one is going to win is the one that you feed. And the, the reality of it is whatever you give into, whatever you feed more, that spiritual realm, that world is going to take more play or take more ground, I guess you could say, in your natural life. It's going to have more of a play in your natural life than your than the the good would, because it's you're giving room to it. So you you allow whatever these things have more weight in your life. That's what's going to take effect in it. So we're talking about the attitude of faith. Faith will hold the place of something that you don't have until you have it. And this is exactly what it's saying in Hebrews 11.1, 1, that faith is the assurance. It's the confident expectation or the confirmation. Just like if you order something on Amazon, when you press that place order button, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about with place order on Amazon. You've done it before. I've done it. My wife is really good at it. But you play, you hit place order on Amazon. You don't have that thing. But what comes immediately, the seconds after you press that place order button, what happens immediately? You get this email, this confirmation email from Amazon. And it says, hey, just want to let you know, we received your order. We're putting it together. We're spicing it up. We're packaging it. They're not doing anything. The, everything happens the day it gets shipped and everything, whatever happens in it, when it goes out. But that moment, does nothing takes place. But the confirmation is there. You have confirmation that it's happening. It's moving towards you. And you don't get all shaken up about it. You now, some people, they get shaken up that they don't have it that day. Like if I don't see, you know, I pay for Prime. So if I don't see two days or, or one day availability, sometimes next day availability, you know, I'm like, come on, what's the deal here? But that's, on, that's a natural carnal side. I'm not, I'm not really in faith for that thing. I don't need to be in faith for it. I know that, that I've got the money for it. It's going to happen. I have faith in Amazon that they're going to do what they're going to say, but that, and, and most of the time they do. But what happens is a lot of times I'll give you an example is when we don't see things or when we don't have confirmation of things, our attitude begins to change. I tell you, we signed up for a new program with our church, uh, a software that helps us with uh, staying in communication with people and different things like that. And it was over the holiday time that we signed up like earlier in the week before Thanksgiving. And when we signed up, there was no email confirmation. There wasn't any verification. It was just a pop-up at the end of the sign-up process that said, we will email you. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. You're going to get this. And none of those, none of those things came. And it took us from the beginning of the previous week, all the way through the Thanksgiving holiday into the, and depending on when you're watching this, this is, this is just when this is recorded. But after the Thanksgiving holiday, finally to the beginning of the, the next week, that they finally got in touch with us and said, oh, so sorry. There was a, whatever happened. But there was some, I wouldn't say I was stressed and anxi- anxious about it, but there was some anxiety about why isn't this thing working? Why isn't the thing that we put time into happening? And this is what happens in people's life. When they don't see the thing happening and moving towards them, towards them now their emotions start getting involved. Now you're feeling in a way, oh my gosh, is this thing actually going to happen? Is this thing working in the way it's supposed to work? Uh, you know, is God going to come through for me? Because you're depending on your natural senses. You have to suspend natural senses 
dive into the spiritual realm to allow the spirit to overtake your natural senses. There's two human forms. As a Christian, you can be carnal or you can be spiritually minded. It's your choice which one you are, but both are available to you. Being carnally minded, you will get stuck in the rut of, I don't have the confirmation. I don't see the thing coming to pass. I don't have the ability to see because you're not diving into the spiritual realm. God gave you the ability to see beyond with your through your imagination, through the ability. It's not that it's it's fictional just just because we use the word imagination, but um, the root word of imagination is image. There's an image of something that you see that you don't physically see. That it's not tangibly in front of you, but faith gives you this confidence to see past it or else I, 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 sorry to say, friend, you're not in faith. If you don't see it, you can't be in faith. So you have to start to give yourself the ability to have faith. God already gave you the measure of faith. You just have to build upon that. You have to see that his word is true. You have to dive into the word, stay on his word, believe his word. Don't allow the natural things that are around you to dictate to you what you feel, hear, and think. Now, point number three, point number three, having faith should bring about a different outlook in your life. Having faith should bring about a different outlook in your life. Things should seem brighter. Days ahead should seem better. If you look in the spirit beyond to your future life and there's like dark clouds down this heavy road of life and it's dark and gloomy, there's an opportunity for you to put inside of you what God sees for your future. He says that he sees hope. He sees he's got that he's got plans and hopes for your future, that he's got a bright future for you, not dark and gloomy. He's got plans to prosper you and grow you and increase you. These are the plans of God. You can't find anywhere else in the scripture where God has plans other than prospering. The Bible says in James that the everything that you've ever received that's good, that's perfect, comes from the father of lights. That's who our father is. There's no darkness in him. So when you peer beyond, your life should be brighter. It should be getting better as your outlook with faith begins to peer into your future. It should look better than it does presently. And so getting uh, beyond where you presently are is just a simple matter of decision. It, it is going to take some decision making. It is going to take some discipline. It is going to take some effort on your part. It's not a magical cruise ship. The magical cruise ship, for lack of a better term, the the miracle, the miraculous happens from God on his part, bringing the thing to you. But it's your job and your ability to stay in the hope and confidence that it's going to happen no matter what the situation looks like. I believe the miraculous is going to happen. I believe God is going to do this thing. I think he's going to help me. Now, I think like maybe might mean like my mentality is my thought process is he is going to help me in this thing. I'm going to see this thing come to pass. Point number four, your attitude determines your hope meter. Now I've said this in the past. I've learned this from my pastor who is probably, you know, in my deck, in my generation, the greatest faith teacher. I, I think one of the greatest faith teachers, and he would agree with me in times past would be Kenneth E. Hagan, uh, uh, like his dear friend, Norval Hayes. They were some of the greatest faith teachers ever in existence. 
I believe my pastor, in my mind, is my is the greatest faith teacher I've had, and has taught and explained and taught to us as the church what faith is, what it means, what the definition of it is, and within faith, there's hope. There's a confident expectation of things to come to pass. That's what hope is. You have a hope. You know that that thing is going to happen. I'm. I, I have hope. Not I'm wishing. I wish that this thing would come to pass. No, you hope. You have hope. You have the ability to see beyond. You know that that thing is going to come to pass for you. Well, in point number four, your attitude determines your hope meter. I want to turn to a scripture in uh, Acts chapter 16. Your attitude, it's not that it, deter, it, it def, uh, it's not that your attitude uh, predicts or um, 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 changes the level of your hope. That's not what your attitude does. Your attitude is a revealer of where your hope is at. Your attitude reveals how much hope you really have. If you're down and gloomy and constantly depressed and constantly, you know, feeling bad for yourself, and, and I'm not calling you out. If, you, if that's how you feel, I'm not making fun of you. I'm not trying to make pull, call you out and make you feel bad. But if that's how you feel, if you're constantly down on yourself, if you're constantly pessimistic about the opportunities in life and what God can do for you, I'm going to tell you something. Your hope meter is very low because your attitude reflects that. And it's not that I, I'm, I know that your hope meter is low by something that I know deeply. I can just look at your attitude. You can just look at yourself in the mirror and realize my hope meter is low. My attitude reveals where my hope meter is at. Turn to Acts chapter 16. And go to verse 25. So Paul and Silas had been jailed. They were jailed in the previous parts of this verse. And uh, we could read, if you start in verse 16, you can go and read this for yourself. But I want to start in the chapter, in the verse where they actually are in jail now. And we look at the perspective that they're coming from in the midst of jail. Um, Now, let me actually start in 24 and we'll go into 25. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. So they were not just in prison. They were in the inner prison and they weren't just in the inner prison. They were locked up, chained in the inner prison. Verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. So there's that verse alone. I want to show you something that in the midst of absolute the worst place that you could be in in an inner prison chained up locked up it says that at the last minute the latest minute of the day the midnight hour they were in a very dark place i don't imagine there was too many lights and uh you know it wasn't fluorescent in there he said we they were praying and singing hymns to god And the prisoners were listening to them. So they weren't just singing and praising, mumbling to themselves. They were singing at a level, at a tone, that the people around them, the prisoners around them, were listening in tune with what they were doing because of how loud and vocal they were being. And it must have been pretty good for the other prisoners to be listening into it. Not just to hear it, but to listen to it to be intently listening and find out what they're saying. Then as you read on, as if you've ever read the story, you know, and for time's sake, I'm not going to read it. The prison breaks open. And then later, actually, um, I'll read one verse to you later on in this. It says, uh, what verse do I have here? It says, but then Paul called with a loud voice. This is verse 28. But call, Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. 
Then he called for a light, ran in, fell trembling before Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So Paul's reaction, this is the, the guard, the keeper was about to kill himself because the, the, the prison was broken open and pre- people were breaking free, uh, but he, well, so he thought, but it was just Paul and Silas, all the prisoners were present. But Paul and Silas were broken free and he was about to kill himself because, oh my gosh, I didn't do my job. And Paul's reaction isn't good. Get rid of yourself, you lousy prison jailkeeper. You know, you're keeping me in here. I'm trying to preach the gospel. You're keeping me bound up. No, he went to them. He said, hey, don't 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 do any any harm to yourself. We're all here. Nothing to be worried about. Paul's forget what's happening. Look at Paul's attitude. Look at his demeanor. That's not a person with a demeanor of of being nervous or anxious or stressed. That's the demeanor. That's the attitude of a person who has hope. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of this prison. This isn't the last place for me. This isn't where I'm ending up. This isn't what God has for me. I know God has a future for me in the midst of the prison, in the midst. There's no, nothing physical around him that would prove to him there's going th- things are going to get better. Nothing. Nothing would prove that to him. But within himself, on the inside of Paul, there was an ability to see beyond the walls of the prison that he was in and see the hope of the future that God has promised to him. And God has promised you a future. There's the hope of a future for you. There's the hope of a better things to come for you. Not just the present of what you have. There's an ability to see beyond, and that's the hope that God gives to us. And faith, Bible says, comes to us by hearing this word of God preached to us. So why wouldn't you want to get under good preaching and teaching to get these things poured into you? Uh, For time's sake, I want to give you another example in Mark chapter 5, but I won't go there. But there's a man who falls at Jesus' feet, and we see in Mark chapter 5 that he asked him to come because his daughter is dying. And a long story short, this man patiently walks along with Jesus. They didn't rush, get on donkeys, and flee there. No, they walked. And you don't see the man pulling on Jesus. Jesus, come on. We, we've got to go. I mean, my daughter's not, you don't see any of that. I'm not saying it didn't happen. I don't know that it happened or didn't happen. We don't have any Bible reference to that happening. And I can tell you this, Jesus was even interrupted multiple times during this walk to his daughter to heal his, this man's daughter because the woman with the issue of blood came up to him, stopped the whole entourage of people going. Then someone after that comes up and says, Hey, don't even worry about coming. Uh, your daughter is, uh, she's, she's dead at this point, but they just continue on. And the man right next to Jesus. And that's a good example of what it's going to take for you to have faith. Stay close to Jesus. Where's Jesus found? Well, Jesus is, Jesus is the head of the church. I can tell you one way to stay close to Jesus is stay close to where he's the head of. He's the head of the church. You want to stay close to God? You want to stay in strong faith with God? Stay close to the church. Stay close to the house of God. He's going to be there. He's going to be present there. Now, you can meet him in other places. You can have fellowship with him on your own. But there's something to be said about meeting God at the place that he's the head of. And you stay close to Jesus. You stay close to faith. Point number five. Point number five. Paul treats the jailer, reveals how he felt in the situation he was in. We already went over that. Uh, How Paul treats the jailer reveals how he felt in the situation he was in. Point number six, don't allow your actual, you might want to write this point down, don't allow your actual to affect your attitude. We'll say that one more time. Don't allow, don't allow your attitude to affect your actual. 
What does that mean? You're actual. What's actually happening around you? Don't allow that to affect your attitude. It's going to take some work to prevent that from happening. It's going to take some effort to prevent that from happening because your attitude, or, or I'm sorry, your, your actual, what's happening around you, what I mean, that's what I mean by actual, what actually is happening around you. What you actually see has the potential to influence you. And it's going to take your decision to not be influenced by the thing that you actually see and to see beyond into a future that God has promised you. There's, so, there's a bright future for me and you. He's promises. His thinking is, is beyond what we, me and you think. If we could just tap into, we don't even have to see the whole picture. If we can just tap into a little bit of what God is seeing in our life, what he sees for us, we'd have a much better attitude. Our smile would get bigger. Our shoulders would get pushed back. Our chest would get puffed out. Everything about our life would begin to go to a different level naturally because we see something that we can't physically see. We see a promise from God for us that looks better than what's presently in our life. Hey, if this helped you today, I want you to do something for me. Share this with somebody. Maybe share it with a friend. Share it on Facebook or on Instagram. Put it on your story. But tell someone about it if it helped you. And leave a comment, not just in the chat, but leave a comment on it. It helps get the word out. And be sure to like like this video and subscribe on my channel if you haven't on YouTube already. Uh, We're on the race to 1,000. We've gained over, I think, 200 subscribers in the past 30 about 30 days and we're working our way up closer to a thousand. So help me spread the word, tell people about it and do what you do your part to share this as well. But I love you. I'm thankful for you. Be sure to tune in the next broadcast. I'll see you next time. God bless you. Love you. Bye-bye.